0: On today's episode, the Chiefs win again, Trump blasts NATO, and a quick update on Israel's war against Hamas. This is next with Lex. Let's get it, baby. Welcome everyone to episode 21 of Next with Lex. I am your host Lex Sluthor and I read the news so you don't have to. It is Monday, February 12th, and to the surprise of no one, the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl with a final score of 25 to 22. The game did go into overtime, which according to Las Vegas was not good for them. Apparently, Las Vegas lost big on the game going to overtime, but here we saw a game that did not have a ton of action. It was a heavily defensive game until we got into the second half. The only action in the game really came when Travis Kelsey pushed Andy Reid on the sideline because he was obviously very visibly upset about something, whether it be play calling or him not getting the ball or whatever that may be, and then, of course, the halftime show Halftime show was pretty good. I've been online surfing the interwebs. Looks like people are pretty happy with Usher's performance. I was pretty happy. The dude can dance. I know my wife when I were watching it together. She was saying how she couldn't really hear him. Audio was bad. I'm like, well, it's a live show. What do you expect? You know, like really what you're looking for is the, the surrounding. You're looking for the atmosphere, the environment. And Usher killed it. At one point, getting on roller skates to sing a song. He brought out a bunch of celebrities because he's done a lot of duets with people and he's had a lot of celebrities on his tracks. So he brought out Ludacris. He brought out Little John. He brought out Alicia Keys. He brought out Will I Am. He brought out Her or H-E-R. I don't know how that pronounced that I don't listen to her music. See what I did there? But the halftime show was great. Not a great performance by Patrick Mahomes and company. But of course, we got to see Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Like I mentioned, the game ended in overtime. Here's the game-winning call. First down and goal to go. Play action, fake. Right side throw, touchdown! Kansas City! McCall Hardman! McCall Hardman with the catch on the right side! A three-yard touchdown pass in overtime! Kansas City wins the game, 25-22, and the Chiefs' kingdom has started its own history class. There's the call on the game winning touchdown pass from Patrick Mahomes to McCole Hartman. So as we wrap up another NFL season, we look back at what might have been what everyone wanted really was a Detroit Lions, Cleveland Browns Super Bowl. I think everyone is pretty much sick of Kansas City being in this thing. It's lame. San Francisco, lame. Just two lame ass teams in the Super Bowl. Just stupid. There was nothing fun about this game at all. Nothing fun about these teams. I understand the Swifty thing of I wore my NWO shirt today because obviously... There was something going on with the conspiracy theories. Everyone's saying, "Uh uh-oh, George Soros now, Taylor Swift won. Joe Biden's going to win the election because Taylor Swift won the Super Bowl and the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. So MAGA's going fucking nuts over this shit, right? So I hope everyone enjoyed the Super Bowl or at least the Super Bowl halftime show as I did. And now we approach the NFL offseason, which we have the draft in April, and then we start the cycle all over again. Now on to the real news. Biggest story of the weekend was Donald Trump at a South Carolina rally saying that NATO member nations need to contribute more to the defense of the alliance. This is nothing new from Donald Trump. He's been saying this. He said in 2016, he did get member nations to pay more money into it. And now it looks like he wants more people to pay into it. So I'm going to go over a little whole little thing here. We're going to start with the article and we're going to actually go into a little bit of facts and details about NATO. We're just this is going to be a 50,000 foot view overhead view of it. We're not going to get too deep into it, but essentially what we're we're looking at is at a rally, Donald Trump said this. And I said, you got to pay up. They asked me that question. One of the presidents of a big country stood up, and said, well, sir, uh, if we don't pay and we're attacked by Russia, will you protect us? I said, you didn't pay You're delinquent. He said, yes, let's say that happened. No, I would not protect you. In fact, I would encourage them to do whatever the hell they want. You got to pay. You got to pay your bills. Let's dissect this a little bit. What he's saying is right. Everyone should contribute at least the 2% threshold that's required by NATO. In their charter, they said everyone should pay 2% of the GDP towards NATO. Obviously, 2% of our GDP is going to be a significantly larger, more amount of money than Lithuania's GDP, right? I'm pretty sure like the state of New Jersey probably has a GDP higher than Lithuania. So when we look at that, when you look at 2%, we contribute the most, obviously. Then you got the UK, you got Germany, Poland, all these other nations, the 2%. In fact, out of the 31 countries that are in NATO currently, only 11, by my count, according to NATO's latest statistics, only 11 countries are meeting that 2% threshold. Do other countries who want the United States to back them up need to pay more into their own defense? Yes, they do. They need to at least make that 2% threshold. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Figure it out. Make the 2% commitment. Now, did Donald Trump go about this the right way? Absolutely not. You can't after after that. You should have stopped there. Everyone's got to pay their bills. Stop there. But don't say you're going to let Putin do whatever he wants. Now you got people in the Kremlin in Russia going nuts. You got the United States allies in Europe going nuts because they're like what's going to happen if Trump is reelected? What's going to happen to NATO? Recently, Congress just made it harder. So Trump previously could have presidential power pulled out of NATO. No problem. Congress has recently made it more difficult. It requires a two thirds vote in both the Senate and the House to now withdraw from the alliance so even if trump says i'm pulling out of nato it would have to go to congress and you're not getting two-thirds vote to pull out of nato for a thousand years (laughs) at this point right so you're just not going to get it so trump comes out says these remarks and everyone freaks out everyone pushes back including nato secretary general Jens solenberg in which he says quote nato remains ready and able to defend all allies any suggestion that allies will not defend each other undermines all of our security including that of the u.s and puts american and european soldiers at increased risk risk i expect that regardless of who wins the presidential election in the u.s will remain a strong ally and committed nato ally this is a concern this is a big concern you have nato now interjecting itself in politics saying hey we expect the united states to meet its obligations other european nations are now are on notice and they probably need to think hey i need to contribute up to that two percent but this comes on the heels of a poll where 86 percent of americans and this is an abc news poll not some fox news poll or anything it's an abc news poll That 86% of Americans believe Biden is too old to serve another term. 86% of people. That is a lot that think he is too old. Those same people interviewed, they said 67% of all of those people believe that both candidates are too old. So that's an overwhelming majority on both sides that we just think these candidates are too old. But that 86% really stands out because there's going to be a lot of people that maybe don't want uncertainty in what happens if Joe Biden passes away in office, or maybe they really don't like Kamala Harris. I know I'm not a fan, but maybe a lot of people don't like Kamala Harris. So now they're maybe going to vote for Trump because they're so concerned about Biden's age that they're like, well, what are you going to do? So European allies are now on their toes because of this statement. Of course, Joe Biden came back out and said, hey, Trump made, quote, an admission that he intends to give Russian President Vladimir Putin a green light for more war and violence that could expand beyond Ukraine and Poland and the Baltic states. And then in a statement by his campaign, he stated again that Trump's comments were, quote, appalling and dangerous. Sadly, they are also predictable coming from a man who is promising to rule as a dictator like the ones he praises on day one if he returns to Oval Office. I would like to point out that the 11 countries that meet the 2% goal, according to statistics released by NATO uh, last year, this is a significant increase from 2014 when only three members made that benchmark. So Trump comes to office 2016 and now all of a sudden only three countries are paying the 2%. Now it, jumps up to, it jumped up to 10 countries. Now we're up to 11 countries. So if Trump gets back in office, there we have the potential of more people paying their fair share into NATO and being more invested into NATO rather than us really footing the entire bill. So this is something we're going to keep an eye on we'll see if trump makes any clarifying statements again this is at a rally right he's trump is pandering to his hard right base with these comments saying we don't want to pay all these people money we don't we shouldn't be footing all the bills you know everyone should be doing their fair share this is the same old story that trump campaigned on in 2016 it's the same thing he went a little far saying oh with that fear-mongering oh putin we would never let putin i even believe if trump was the president we wouldn't let putin just steamroll into europe and, and do whatever he wants Moving on in breaking news, as of this morning at least... Israel rescues two hostages that were held in Gaza by Hamas. A 70-year-old and a 60-year-old were rescued after a complicated operation was performed in the heart of Rafah, a city that is on the southernmost border with Egypt and Gaza. It is the last bastion of Hamas. It's the last big headquarters of Hamas because it's the only place that has been a safe zone. And it's the place where all Palestinians had to go down and stay if they wanted to avoid all the wars in all the other cities in Gaza. Now, Israel's about to launch an offensive into Rafah Again, let's go back and people may be like, oh, Lex, what's going to happen? Like, are they, all these civilians going to die? Yes, civilians are going to die. It's a shame. It is a shame of this war that Hamas has dragged those people into. It's an absolute travesty. Yes, there are like 1.5 million refugees right now sitting in Rafah that are now going to have to move out. But you know what? If you want to live, you need to move out because where these two hostages were, were in the heart of Rafah. It already came out over the weekend that there has been data centers underneath the U.N. complexes, underneath U.N.-sponsored schools, there's tunnels connected to these schools. They siphon electricity and resources from these these agencies and these buildings. So there's no doubt that they're sitting in Rafa hiding amongst the civilian population. So the Israeli army needs to move those civilians out. and They're developing a plan right now. What that looks like, I don't know. Can't be easy. Can't be good. Lives will be lost. More lives will be lost. Super unfortunate. Super unfortunate. In this raid in the middle of Rafa, happened about 2 a.m. local time. Raid and airstrikes killed about 37 people. The health authorities in Gaza say. And again, terrorists hiding among civilians. Very, very, very difficult situation. So that's the update. So things that look go forward to this week is let's see if Israel comes out with a plan, a reasonable plan, at least. This is a concern for everybody to move the innocent people and the innocent population out of Rafah, move them somewhere else. Again, Arab countries are not helping with this situation. And I wanted to kind of make this clear to everybody what's kind of what's happening is you got this little Gaza Strip and it shares a border with Egypt. Egypt has a peace treaty with Israel in which they are not allowed to station X amount of troops in the Sinai Peninsula. In light of ISIS, Israel has allowed Egypt to use the area more as staging grounds to fight insurgencies and fight terrorism. However, Egypt's saying, hey... If you're about to move all these people, we're going to probably move some tanks. So Egypt is going to move a bunch of forces, if not already tanks along their border. They do not want this population coming into Egypt. So they, all these Arab countries are raising a fuss, but nobody wants to help them out. Hypocritical? Most definitely. Most definitely. So the big thing to keep an eye out for this week, and I'll post on TikTok if there's any breaking news, is what this plan is going to look like. Benjamin Netanyahu came on American television stating, hey, we're putting a plan in place. We have to, we're we're close to victory. We're a couple months away from victory, but we have to rid Hamas out of Rafah. It's the last, they believe all the leaders are there that are still in Gaza. They are looking at that area and they need to. They need to root them out. And it's very unfortunate what's going to happen, but we're going to keep an eye on it and we'll bring you the latest. Today in history, on February 12th, 1999, the five-week impeachment trial of Bill Clinton comes to an end with the Senate voting to acquit the president on both articles of impeachment, which were for perjury and obstruction of justice. This came after Clinton's alleged affair with Monica Lewinsky, who was a 21-year-old unpaid intern. Over the course of a year and a half, the president Lewinsky had a dozen sexual encounters inside the White House. It wasn't until later that Lewinsky confided in another employee, and that employee essentially ratted her out. But it gave us one of the most famous lines Bill Clinton has ever said, and here it is. But I want to say one thing to the American people. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say this again. I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Ms. Lewinsky. I never told anybody to lie, not a single time, never. These allegations are false, and I need to go back to work for the American people. Thank you. Most famous, I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Famous line. I remember as a kid watching this and not really understanding. I didn't even know what a blowjob was at the time. And here we go. Of course, President Clinton was getting blowies in the White House at the Oval Office. Stressful job. Stressful job. Work of an intern, I guess. Helping him out. We all remember the famous dress that had uh, Bill Clinton's juices on it. That's a fun, fun, fun little today in history. Yo, you got questions? Hit me up on all the socials, at Lex Sleuthor, especially TikTok. I've been really making some good TikToks and blowing up there lately. You can also email me at nextwithlexshow at gmail.com if you wish to opine. Again, that's nextwithlexshow at gmail. Your question could be answered on air. And don't forget to follow the show wherever you get your podcasts from to get new updates right here from your boy, Lex Luthor five days a week. Happy hangover, everybody. If you drank a lot last night. Lucky I didn't, so I feel great. Let's go. Catch y'all tomorrow. Deuces.